Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So that is an incredible picture of intercessory prayer. It's standing in the gap for Peter. It's ministering. It's changing people slash circumstances through prayer. The early church, they were known as a church. You remember Acts chapter 2? They were devoted to prayer. It wasn't theory. It was practice. So they interceded. Peter came free. Chains came off. Gate opened by itself. Boom. Delivered by an angel. When's the last time you attended a prayer meeting? Does your church even have them? Many churches don't have organized times of prayer. Sadly, if they do, only a small percentage of the church attend them. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about the people who are supposed to be the models for today's church, the Church of Acts. Pastor Mark will be contrasting their prayer life with that of today's churches. You'll learn how to achieve the answers to prayer by doing things the way that they did. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Acts chapter 12 as he begins his message, Practical Prayer. And you can turn to Acts chapter 12. We'll be in a number of places. Also Colossians chapter 1 for quite a period of time. Let's talk with a couple things that we've learned in this series that are very important. I kind of addressed one already. Prayer is a two-way conversation with a loving God. We don't need electricity and have to pay your Nokia bill or whatever and all this kind of stuff. And we're, we're fine. It's simply talking and listening to God. I'm so glad that God doesn't say, sorry, busy, circuits are full, you'll be taken in order. No, we can get right to Him. He created us to talk to Him. He created us to be dependent on Him. God loves to converse with us. And He loves to give us and answer our prayers. Number two, prayer can be learned. It's not complicated. That's what we're doing. We're learning All of us, no matter how many years you've been a Christian, we're still learning to pray. During a minister's prayer one Sunday, there was a loud whistle from one of the chairs in the back of the sanctuary, and Gary's mother was horrified, and she pinched him into silence. How many of you remember those days where mom and dad could pinch you into silence? Oh, I remember those days. Actually, my dad would come down to the pulpit and pinch me out of silence, but I remember that. She said after church, Gary, what in the world made you do such a thing? Why in the world did you whistle? He said, Mom, I asked God to teach me to whistle, and he did it right then. (laughs) See, prayer isn't complicated. We're simply learning to pray. We're learning to hear from God. We're learning to listen, and it's increasing our faith. Prayer can be work. 
In fact, it oftentimes is. But it is also a joy and a privilege. Prayer is work. If I would say to you, well, we're going to call tomorrow as a day of prayer or Saturday. We need you to pray for two hours, each of you. That would be work. Smith Wigglesworth made a great statement. I'll read it to you. I never pray more than 20 minutes at a time. That kind of goes, oh, I feel better than the people who say you got to pray 14 hours to be spiritual. Smith Wigglesworth says, I never prayed more than 20 minutes at a time. But then he said this, I never go 20 minutes without praying. Ooh, I like it. Think about that for a moment. You see, it's not how long, but it's an ongoing prayer. I never pray more than 20 minutes at a time, but I never go 20 minutes without praying. Intercession. That's what we're going to talk about. What a perfect topic. Intercession isn't praying for me. It's praying for others. Intercession is changing people through prayer. Changing people slash circumstances through prayer. And, boy, I just continue to get emails from people. Remember about a year ago, I guess, I can't remember how long it was, we had this big fishbowl up here. How many of you remember the fishbowl? And you just put name after name after name, and we prayed and prayed. I continue to get people to email and say, well, that person's name was in the fishbowl. They're coming to church. They got saved this weekend, whatever. So the fishbowl's gone, but God has a great memory. And he's still saving lots of people. We had a tremendous number of people saved, so praise God. Now, every Christian can be an intercessor. Some people just have that gift of being able to do that. That's one of their, I don't know, that's certainly not a spiritual gift, but they're just really into that. But every one of us are called to be intercessors. Just like all of us don't have the gift of an evangelist, but we're all called to take the gospel and share it. Now, what does it really mean? Well, to intercede for others is simply to stand in the gap for those who are in need. The individual can't pray or won't pray to God, so we stand in the gap for them. We represent them. We go to God for them, for that circumstance. Now, in Acts chapter 12, where you turn, you're a very familiar story. We won't take long with it. A story of intercession. So Peter, verse 5, was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. And sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said. And the chains fell off Peter's wrists. And the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. And wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And the angel told him. And Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he had been basically seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards, came to the iron gate leading the city. It opened it for them by itself, and they went through it. And when they had walked to the length of the street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself. And he said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything that the Jewish people were anticipating. Now, why did the Lord do that? Well, verse 12 tells us why the Lord did it. When this had dawned in him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. 
So that is an incredible picture of intercessory prayer. It's standing in the gap for Peter. It's ministering. It's changing people slash circumstances through prayer. The early church, they were known as a church. You remember Acts chapter 2? They were devoted to prayer. It wasn't theory. It was practiced. So they interceded. Peter came free. Chains came off. Gate opened by itself. Boom. Delivered by an angel. Now, turn to Colossians chapter 1. And I want to just address four different kind of situations. First, practical intercessory prayers for other believers. First category. Praying for other Christians. Interceding for them. Asking God to bless them, to encourage them, to meet their need in this situation, to change these specific circumstances. You see, the more specific we are in our prayers, the more specific the answers. So you'll see very specific, not just this general thing. Let me tell you how a general thing would go. Paul would say this, Church of Colossae, man, you're doing great. God just bless the church of Colossae. I don't know any of the people, and whatever their need is, God, you just bless them. Thank God. Amen. Sometimes that's the way we pray. Well, no, Paul's going to show us specifically how to intercede. And, of course, the things he's going to talk about are great principles for us because they're kind of signs of maturity, Things that I can pray for myself, but I want to pray for you, and you need to pray for me, and we need to pray for other believers. So these are signs for believers. Chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the holy and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace and peace to you from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. So, many, many of Paul's letters, he just, he loved to pray specifically for the churches. Now, this particular church he'd never really been to. But he was instrumental in it being started. And he knows there's spiritual warfare going on. Of course, we're not going to go into what the whole reason for the book of Colossians is. But Paul knew the importance of regularly praying for these individuals. He loved to pray for them, and he also knew that they were praying for him. Notice verse 3 is huge. We always thank God. Thanking God was a, a large part of Paul's prayers. If you go through the epistles, you see that over and over again. It should be a, a huge part of our daily prayers. We have so much to be thankful for. Now, we realize that isn't what life consists of. But we have so much to be thankful for. Not just that, but all kinds of things. When we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and of the love you have for all the saints, the faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven, and that you have already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel. Well, that has come to you, the gospel, which is simply, again, the only way to Jesus Christ, the only way to heaven, the only way to salvation, is the gospel, is that Jesus Christ came, died, For our sins, he is the way. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and understood God's grace in all its truth. You learned it from Epaphras, our 
dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. First thing I want you to write down tonight, and I think this is very good. Notice what Paul's doing. Paul's interceding or praying for believers who are doing good right now. He's not waiting until there's this huge trial, even though he's going to address a problem in the church. But Paul just liked to pray for people while they're doing good. I think that's an important key to us. Sometimes the only time I pray for a person or a situation is if I get an email, help. But I like people to pray for me while I'm doing good, to continue to do good, to continue to grow. We'll see all of this. So one of the things I think that's a challenge for us is he's thanking God for these people because of their faith, notice, their love, and their hope. Those are the three kind of main emphasis that we see over and over in Paul's letters and the three kind of emphases of Christianity. Now, they weren't perfect, but Paul says, you guys are doing incredible, and I thank God for you that you're doing incredible. So he's not only praying for them, but he's actually encouraging them. And I just want to say to you, thank you. You're faithful, you're studying, you're here, you're growing. So many of you signed up for the different things. They want a program and they sign up for the one-to-one discipling and you're doing really good in contagious Christianity and I'm going to ask you to do even better later. Just if you didn't sign up, <laughs> thank you for signing up. I know you will. And as you do that, I just want to say thank you. And more and more kids are in the WANA program and this place will be sold out on basically on Friday night and the gospel will go out to all these kids. Wonderful. Awesome. That's what Paul's doing. So it's a good thing when you think of somebody in the body and you think of people, just think, God, there's such an encouragement to me. I mean, when you see the band members here and you see the parking guys in the rain, when you leave, you could just go, thanks for being out there. If you see the policeman go, thanks. So again, we need to be thankful people. That's what Paul's doing. He's encouraging people. By the way, in the elders meeting, quite often we just pray for you. We pray for you as a group of people, and we just thank God for you that we have such wonderful, wonderful people, so many servants here at Calvary Chapel of Melbourne. Now, here's a practical prayer that Paul is going to do, and it's going to have all to do with spiritual maturity. Now, what I want to do is, in some of this, I want to use the New Living Translation, because I think it's sometimes just as a better flow. If you have the New King James, that's perfectly fine. That's what I study out of, although we use the NIV. This is kind of a great mix of that. Now, notice what Paul says in this verse. So I have continued praying for you ever since we first heard about you. We have continued praying for you ever since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you a complete understanding of what he wants to do in your lives. And we ask him to make you wise with spiritual wisdom. So there's two things that you can write down. I'll have about quite a few of these, so just write them down. What do you pray for people that are Christians? One of the things you want to do is pray that they'll know God's will. By the way, as you do this, these are signs of maturity. And let me do it as a dual thing. I'm going to pray for you to know God's will. What is a sign for a mature person? He can discern God's will for himself. So these are signs for maturity, but they're also prayers that I can pray for Christians to grow into that maturity. Do you understand? So there are prayers I pray for people, and when they achieve those, that's a sign of maturity. I mean, there's really nothing more important than knowing God's will for your life. It's not important you know God's will for my life, because I have to live it. 
You have to know God's will for your life. And I can't tell you that. I can tell you generalities, obviously. But specifically, no. But God wants to. Notice how this book started. Paul, an apostle by the will of God. He was able to discern the will of God. By the way, if you're a parent or a grandparent, I know of once your children or grandchildren are saved, I know of nothing more important than this first prayer. That my son, my daughter, son-in-law's, daughter-in-law's kids, that God would give them a complete understanding of what he wants to do in their life. That's incredible. Because that's where success is. What is success? Simply finding what God wants me to do. And doing it. So there's a prayer that you can pray. Now, again, for family, for friends, pastors, leaders, church in general, whatever. By the way, did Jesus ever speak about this? Did the Lord's Prayer ever say anything about God's will? Thy. There it is. Every day. So it goes right along with all the things we've been talking about. Sometimes we've forgotten. Let me just challenge you today because sometimes I had to write it in my journal at home. Did you... Pray the Lord's Prayer over the last few days? You don't have to answer me. Just go, mm-hmm. okay. By the way, God wants us to know his will. Let me read to you from Psalm 139, verse 3. You chart the path ahead of me and tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment you know where I am. You see, God cares what we do. He directs our paths. He knows the details of my life. And he knows the condition of my heart. So these prayers are incredible prayers. Second thing that's a sign of wisdom. Paul says, I want God to make you wise with spiritual wisdom. Now we have a lot of people that are wise. But we need spiritual wisdom. Spiritual wisdom always starts with God. See, it's not knowledge I need. It's knowledge that's applied. That's wisdom. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, where I understand who God is and I need him to direct my life. So God shows us his will so that we can walk it out. Godly wisdom helps me do that. So here's the will of God. Now, God, I need the wisdom to walk it out. Well, if you need wisdom, God offers it. James 1.5, if you need wisdom, ask him, he'll gladly tell you. Ephesians 5.17, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, verse 10. Then, Paul goes on, the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And you will continually do good, kind things for others. All the while you will learn to know God better and better. So, here's more prayers. Here's more maturity points in your life. I've written both of those in my Bible in this particular passage. These are mature signs for me. As I'm a Christian, what do I want to do? I know the will of God, and I want to be able to operate with spiritual wisdom. God, I need spiritual wisdom. I just don't want the wisdom of the world. I want spiritual wisdom. Now he says this. Paul says, I'm praying for you. I'm interceding for you. The people there in Colossae, what am I interceding for? There's three things. They're a little long, but we'll give you time to write them. Number one, I pray that they will live a life that is pleasing to God. In other words, a life that's obedient. 2 Corinthians 5.9 says this, so we make it our goal to please him. That's our goal. So as a Christian... I want to know the will of God. I want to have his wisdom. And by knowing those and beginning to live it out, I'll please God because it's his will. 
That's the only way I can really please God. Now, there's a lot of different things. Let me just stop and give you this one. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, along with that prayer, I'm, I'm going to say, God, do whatever you need to do in this individual's life, my son, daughter, wife, myself even. If I'm going to pray this prayer for me, that's not interceding. But if I am, God, allow whatever you need in there so my faith will be stimulated. It will grow so that I can please you. Now, Paul says, here's how to walk it out. Kind of like a little flow chart. God's will, his wisdom, please God. Here's how I please God. Well, notice there, he says, please the Lord and we'll do continually good, kind for others. One of your other translations says, bearing fruit. So here's what I want you to write. Pray that they will bear fruit in increasing amounts. Fruit that will last. Remember, the church was producing fruit. Paul said, all over the world, the gospel is being preached. People are coming. And so you can go back and learn in John 15, it's not just fruit, but it's fruit. It's more fruit. It's much fruit. It's a continual increasing of that effectiveness. What is fruit? Well, we did all these kind of things. Fruit of my lips, fruit of my wallet, fruit of my heart, fruit of the Spirit. All of those things are evident. Also in Romans chapter 1, fruit is salvation. People coming to the knowledge of God. So I want in your life, if I see maturity, what am I going to see? Well, I'm going to see fruit. That's how I judge your maturity. I can't judge your motives. Well, what should I judge? What shouldn't I judge? I can't judge your motives. I can't judge your heart. But I sure can judge your fruit. It's evident. By their fruit, you shall know them. So, I want that. Next. Notice, he says here, all the while you will learn to know God better and better. So, I want to pray for my relatives and friends and those that I love, that they'll have a deepening knowledge of God. They'll know his character more. They'll know to trust him. Doesn't matter. They just know to trust him because God always does the right thing. Now, how do we do this last one? How do we know God better? Well, we know God better really one way from the word of God. The word of God constantly reminds me of his character and who he is. And what he wants to do. And I see this over and over and over and over again in the Bible. Now as I see that, I can look back over my life and I watch what God's done in my life. Now remember, God's for you. He's not against you. Remember 828 Romans? All things work together for good. God can take weird stuff and do good things from it. Now, how well do you know God? Be careful. The more we know God, the better we trust Him. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So you're learning about God tonight. This is exactly what Paul's doing. Let me just tell you a little ahead of time. You know it, but it's good to remind yourself. Paul is not writing this from the Ritz-Carlton. Paul is writing this letter from prison. Isn't that amazing? He's not saying, God, what a miserable place I got me in here. I ain't doing my life. He's praising God for the people and all the neat things he's doing in their lives. Character. Not a complainer. An encourager. 
In his teaching today, Pastor Mark taught that prayer is more than mouthing some requests to God and calling it prayer. Real prayer is work. It requires taking time, getting to know God and what He wants in your prayers. You found out that part of prayer is listening to what God has to say back to you. It's a mutual interaction that's part of your relationship with Him. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will wrap up his teaching, Practical Prayer. You'll hear him dig into the nuts and bolts of intercessory prayer and the different forms this can take. You'll hear from the book of Acts how the early church prayed for people in circumstances and the blessings that God poured out on them. You'll learn ways to bring their attitudes into your daily life. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting.